Hello and welcome to episode 6 of A Need to Read. Thank you very much if you're on the 6th episode and you're still listening. That's pretty sick. It must mean that you're potentially someone that's going to listen long term. So thanks for doing that. And if you've messaged me anything nice, then thank you as well. It means a lot. It's always good for my self-esteem for someone to say that I've managed to impact them reading. It's a bit fucking weird, if I'm honest, because I used to be in that set in English that had to watch the films for like books that we were studying. So like Of Mice and Men, we got to watch the film. We didn't really have to read the book in my English set because that was the kind of readers that we were. But like now I'm just making up for lost time and I'm reading. It's quite nice for people to ask me for recommendations on books. But if you're thinking of asking me for recommendations on a book, listen to my podcast first and then and then ask me. Um... Or just ask me anyway. I'm not really that bothered. But if you'd like to listen to the episodes, then that would be great. This week, I read a book called Chaos by a man called Tom O'Neill. It was a bit of a weird book, if I'm honest. Purely because the content of the book is quite weird. Because it's about the Manson murders. If you don't know what the Manson murders are, Charles Manson was a guy late 60s in America who ran a cult called The Family. The Manson murders, they they were brought to the forefront of the media when Sharon Tate, who was quite a famous actress at the time, um, she was wife of a director called Roman Polanski. Her and a couple of her friends were murdered at the house in the Hollywood Hills. They were stabbed to death by a bunch of hippies. Um, When I say bunch of hippies, that's just pretty much what they were, and that's what everyone called them. So I don't know if that's offensive. I don't really care. If you're a hippie, um, can you let me know if that is offensive um, or proper to say? Just send me a message um, and then I'll, at least I'll know. Um, so the hippies went around there. They murdered Sharon Tate and they murdered her friend Labianca. So they were, they were called the Tate-Labianca murders. So in 1969, the people from the cult that did it were manipulated to do so by Charles Manson. He'd ordered the killings and said, you need to go there and you need to sort of rid the earth of that scum and after they murdered them they stabbed her Sharon Tate was pregnant by the way so they stabbed a pregnant woman and they also stabbed her in the stomach just to make sure that her baby was dead so they're evil little shits that did this and the world kind of went mad um for a bit because it was such a shock that people in Hollywood they were that accessible and, and they they could be attacked in in that sort of way so it got a lot of media coverage the guy that was the prosecutor who actually brought everyone into jail was Vincent Bugliosi. Now, he's a big part of this book because this book is about the investigations into the Manson murders, not necessarily the Manson murders himself. Vincent Bugliosi also wrote a book after he'd prosecuted Charles Manson and and the other members of the family, which which was his cult. He wrote a book called Helter Skelter, which is also the title of a song by the Beatles, which... I mean, not really coincidentally, because that's exactly why he called it the book that. That was one of a song that Charles Manson had said had given him the idea to start this all-out race war, which was kind of his like fantasy. He wanted to start a race war in California and then go and hide in the desert, in a hole in the desert with his family. And he believed that a song was a thing that had told him to do that. So it's a real good example as why you should never do too much of a good thing like he he loved acid and he loved psychedelics and he loved smoking weed and he'd go on these massive long like seven day trips and that's where he'd manipulate all the people that came to him because it was mostly sort of vulnerable people runaways um underage girls underage boys 
and he wasn't impartial to a bit of rape. He was a rapist. Um, he was a manipulator. He was just an all-round bad egg. And it ended with him getting people to kill people. But his life before he was finally apprehended and like put in jail for a long, long time and then finally died in 2017, he was a criminal. He'd spent more than half of his life in jail. This is stuff I pulled from the book, by the way. It's not just like some history lesson, some paedophile hippie um, that I'm talking about. He'd been in and out of jail and there'd been loads of times where the police had had him and then he'd been released. And this is in, in the book because... It's, it's almost as if you're reading like a really long conspiracy theory and the author does mention a couple of times like people say that he's crazy and I think he definitely was obsessed with this because it, it took him 20 years to write the book. But the police and like the FBI and the CIA had all had Manson in at some certain stage and then he'd been asked to be released where he had quite like good relationships with his parole officers. So he's obviously quite good with people and, and managed to like manipulate his way out of a load of situations um, but this book dives into about 13, 14 different scenarios that all link, kind of. It's quite difficult to make the link um, in this book. It is a long book. It's like 450 pages long, and the words are really small as well, so it's, it is quite confusing um, for a simpleton like myself. Would I recommend it? It's what you're here for, isn't it? So, no, is my answer purely because I don't really like crime, like true crime. I'm not really bothered about it. I know everyone loves like the old documentaries about all oh, this happened or like making a murderer. Honestly, really fucking boring for me. I can't be bothered with it. I, I, I'm not interested in crime. So this book probably wasn't the best for me to read, but the guy went on Joe Rogan last week, which was coincidentally, I'd, I'd actually just bought the book before he went on there. So, um, I haven't actually listened to that yet, but I'm sure if you want to get a good overview of the book without reading it, if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast with Tom O'Neill that was last week, you probably have wasted less time than I have in reading this book. But to get back to the actual book, it does make you think about what people can do and how evil people can be and how someone like with hardly any education can manipulate people enough so they start murdering people and killing pregnant women it's just weird it's a weird world that we live in and i'm hoping this kind of stuff doesn't happen now but i'm sure there is cults like this and cults are always actually quite fascinating as much as i'm not really that bothered about um crime but cults are weird you listening to this you're pretty much in my cult I'm not going to make you do anything bad, though. I'll just ask you to listen to my podcast every week and then maybe one day buy a T-shirt or something. That's just my thoughts. I'm running out of stuff to say because the book's all over the place and my brain's all over the place when I was reading it and I really couldn't be bothered. I was I was going to give it up, but it, like I said, it's just this podcast that made me do it, really. Otherwise, I'd have just not bothered with the book. But that being said, I do want to make it clear that it's not really what I'm interested in, so I'm not going to find it that good. My opinion is what matters on this podcast, but also if you, if you like crime and you like those kind of documentaries and you, and you like knowing about stuff and you're willing to sit there and, and put loads of pictures over your bedroom wall and, and draw like dot to dots of who killed who, who, who was shagging who, who was giving who drugs, 
then yeah, this book, it'll probably be, you might like it. It's all, all, you might. If you want me to send it to you, message me and I'll send it to you if it costs me less than a fiver. Because um, other than that, you could probably just buy it yourself. Um, yeah, it's buy it yourself or message me, either one. And like I've said before, I'll give it to my favourite person that messaged me with the nicest messages telling me how funny I am and how intelligent I sound when I talk in a podcast. So just remember, be kind and then you might get a book um, if you're into this kind of thing. Personally, I'm not. My review, not so good. Would not recommend, will not read again. That would be my main review. But it was quite interesting, on a side note, to read around about the Charles Manson murders like alongside this book. Um, so it wasn't a complete waste of time. At least I know something that's completely useless from a time 50 years ago that doesn't actually matter anymore. There is always that. That will be a little... That's a wrap-up for chaos. There. You've, you've got the general idea. I'm going to do my stoic thought of the week, and then I'm going to run through a couple bits of housekeeping, and then I'm gone. So, the stoic thought of your week is reignite your thoughts. Now, it's by Marcus Aurelius, and it comes from Meditations. I've actually just bought Meditations, the book, so I'm going to, I'm going to read through those. Um, this book was written over 2,000 years ago, so it must be good for them to still bother printing it. The reignite your thoughts part, back to the serious part, which is, of course, Stoic philosophy. Your principles can't be extinguished unless you snuff out the thoughts that feed them. For it's continually in your power to reignite new ones. It's possible to start living again. See things anew as you once did. And that is how you restart life. Now the rest of that page says, Have you had a bad couple of weeks? Tick. Have you been drifting away from the principles and beliefs that you hold dear? Tick. It's perfectly fine and it happens to all of us. Oh, thank God for that. I'm ad-libbing there. Now, in fact, it's probably happened to Marcus. That may be why he scribbled this note to himself. Perhaps he'd been dealing with difficult senators or having difficulties with his troubled son. Perhaps in these scenarios he'd lost his temper, became depressed or stopped checking in with himself. Who wouldn't? But the reminder here that no matter what happens, no matter how disappointing our behaviour has been in the past... The principles themselves remain unchanged. We can return and embrace them at any moment. What happened yesterday, what happened five minutes ago is in the past. We can reignite and restart whenever we like. Why not do it right now? So there you go. You've had 11 minutes of me talking. It's quite a nice bit on Stoic philosophy there. If you don't already do so, please do follow on Instagram at a need to read with the number two as opposed to two. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm on Goodreads. Send me a message on Instagram and I'll add you on Goodreads. And my email list. I send an email once a week. It's an alright email, if you ask me. I haven't had any negative feedback. And I've only had like 5% of people unsubscribe so far. So that's pretty that's pretty good stats. It might, it might even make you laugh. Who knows? Um, sorry, this podcast has been a load of waffle. The book was a load of waffle. And I'm going to be back next week with two way better books. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I started reading that a while ago um, and then I dropped off. So I'm going to read that again. And then The Stranger by Albert Camus, which is a classic novel that was recommended to me by a friend. So thanks for listening. I hope you all have a fantastic week and that being isolated isn't making you too sad. So have a fantastic week from me. And I will be back in your ears next weekend. Take it easy, everyone. Bye-bye.